Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is James from Dividend Stock Talk, brought to you by the 10-Minute Trader, where I invest in dividend stocks for weekly and monthly cash flow. Interesting thing. Uh, oh, today is February 15th, 2022. Uh, if you've been following along, you know that I only invest in dividend stocks that have increased their sh dividend payments to their shareholders for a minimum of 20 to 25 years. This way, absolute worst-case scenario... If anything goes wrong, we at least get to capture that dividend on a quarterly basis. Me, I prefer to buy a dividend stock and sell off the premiums. Premiums, basically, is giving someone else the right to buy it from me for the exact same amount of money I paid for it. So let's take Lowe's, for instance. If I bought Lowe's for $250 a share and I sold someone the option to buy it from me at $250 a share and he pays me a premium of $2.50 a share, I get 1% right off the bat and that's my main goal is to obtain 1%. Now, if I decided not to do that and just buy the dividend stock and collect the dividend... I would collect the dividend four times a year. The way that I'm doing it, I'm collecting the dividend four times a year, and I'm also having the option of collecting a 1% return on a weekly basis. So if Lowe's ever gets to the point where I want to sell it for more than I paid for it, great, fine dandy. Just as long as I continue to get my 1% premiums, and that is what we are doing here. I am investing in dividend stocks specifically to gain a 1% per week return. So let's see where we are. It is Tuesday. Not a whole heck of a lot going in because I've already made my 1.14% for the week so far. And that was yesterday. I made all the money yesterday. So today it is, um, I don't have a whole lot of money left to play with, but I have the opportunity of making a little bit more. Uh, I probably should just quit while I'm ahead, but let's see what I can do and share a little bit with those that are out there. Now, considering it is the 15th of February, and this strategy works best when you do it two weeks prior to the EX date, that means we're looking at the first week of March. Okay, so we're looking at the stocks that are having the EX date on the first week of March. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go... I went over a bunch of them yesterday. And we have a few more to go over today. So, let's see what we got. Alright, Aero, we already went over. Alright. BAC, which is Bank of America. Now, you might be asking, Bank of America does not have 25 years of increased dividend payments. No, and you're absolutely right. It does not. But what it does have, it has the backing of Warren Buffett. What do I mean by that? Well, Warren Buffett owns a large majority of uh, Berkshire Hathaway. And he's the one who calls the shots. So all the stocks that he buys are listed for everyone else to see. And he just so happens to own Bank of America. So, with that being said, that's why it's on my list. I got the Dividend Kings, the Dividend Aristocrats, the Dividend Champions, the Dividend Challenges. All those companies have increased their dividends for a minimum of 25 years to their shareholders. The only other list I threw in there 
was Warren Buffett's list. I'm thinking of throwing some other ones like uh, Facebook, Apple, you know, the big heavily traded ones that actually have um, some profit potential. Safely. I like safe, consistent, predictable profits. Alright, so we looked at a bunch yesterday. We're going to look at a couple more today. And then we're going to save some for tomorrow because I don't want to get everything done in one day. You know, got to have something to talk about tomorrow. BAC is first on the list. Bank of America. Now, this is a beautiful looking chart. Now, I don't like Bank of America. You know, um, you know, they cried poverty back in 08 and the federal government gave them millions of dollars of our taxpayers' money. And did they give it back to us? No. Have they repaid it? That I don't know. So I can't answer that one. Let's just stick to the basics, stick to the numbers, and see if this is going to be a good investment for us. All right, so Bank of America started out the year at the low of the year at 33.70. Now, although the chart looks good because there's nice escalation from 33.70, it's sitting at 47.94 at the moment, so it's not a huge increase. She goes up. She goes down. She goes up. She goes down. She goes up. She goes down. Then she goes up again. Now, she has a double high right at uh looks like fifty dollars and eleven cents he got it once on the 10th which was last week and once on january 10th and that was uh last month so it looks like resistance is at 50 and we got a little bit of support over here at uh 42.50 all right so she's sitting at 47.96 at the moment from what it looks like by looking at the chart, by just looking at the 30-day chart. It looks like they had three days worth of profit taking because they had a little bit of run-up from the from the 30-day low of uh, 42.59 to the 30-day high of 50.11. Okay, so they had a little bit of run-up there and they had three days of profit taking. That makes sense. Today... She's up a little bit, which is a good thing. So let's take a look at the seasonality to get an idea of where this thing usually goes this time of year. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with seasonality, it's basically taking this year's chart, no, sorry, last year's chart, 2020's chart, 2019's chart, 2018 chart, so on and so forth for 10 years and putting them on top of each other to see how they compare. Okay. So... Bank of America seems pretty good. You have, starting out in January, I'll just give you a quick little idea. She starts out in January at 28.67 and ends up in the end of December at 32.82. Now, these aren't prices. These are valuations giving in conjunct, I mean, in relationship to uh, percentages. Because you can't take 10 years of Data and just throw it on top of each other and expect them to mesh because 10 years ago the stock wasn't 47.97. Okay, it was who knows what it was, and I really don't care what it was. All I care is about the average movement compared to the highs and lows of the year and how they compare to what's happening today. So, what's happening today, which is going to be a little bit challenging to figure out because you have a nice little movement to the upside and then you have that beginning of the first week in March where everything just seems to go down to zero 
Now that could be directly related to the pandemic when everything did drop huge. Now, although business was usual, people keep doing business and, and whatnot, the, uh, the effects of the pandemic are going to be long-term because those numbers of what happened during the pandemic aren't gonna disappear. And those numbers aren't realistic numbers. That's just people panicking. People panicking, people bailing. They think the world's going to end, so everybody sells and the price drops. But did anything really happen? Did they lose any any um, any companies? Did the... Uh, I don't know. Did any of the dynamics change of any of the buildings? No, probably the buildings are all still there. The employees are all still there. Just everybody got stuck staying inside because of the pandemic. It just affects the numbers. Let's not talk politics. Let's just get back to the numbers. Okay, so we're in a little bit of an upswing for the next couple of weeks. But looking at the chart, you have that little downturn in March. Whether that is real or whether that is fictitious, whether it's going to happen, uh, whether it was an anomaly that's probably not going to occur again, we don't know. All we know is that you buy it in January, you sell it in December, you make a profit. That's what it looks like using the seasonality chart and using looking at the one-year chart. Okay, so that's where we are. Let's check out the trade grid. BAC. We got three and a half days to go. The bid is 47.93 and the ask is 47.94. And you know what that means? That means there's a lot of action going on. So, let's buy some. Let's jump on the bandwagon. All right, so 47.94. Let's buy a, well, a couple hundred shares. Guess not. Uh, but I can see what a spread is going for. Now, the reason why I can't buy one is because all my money's tied up. It is what it is. Okay, so the 46 and a half by 47 is going for 43 cents. Means most I can make off that is 77 cents, which is not worth my while. Now here you go, 47 and a half for 37 cents, which would mean huh? That is a nice return. That's a 30% return, and all the stock has to do is just stay where it is. So, let's do 20 contracts at 37 cents. This is what it's gonna sound like, you ready? I'm gonna buy 20 vertical BAC 100s. That is the weeklies. 18 February 22, that is this Friday. That means the option expires this Friday. It's the 47 by 47 and a half call. Basically, that's going to... You know what? I got filled at 37. Woohoo! Okay, so what's going to happen is... As long as the stock stays above $47.50 come Friday afternoon, which is three and a half days away, I will make my 30%, which is around two or 300 bucks. Well, that works for me. I'll give you an exact amount because... Let's do that real quick. How I do that is I create a duplicate order. I press confirm and send, and that gives me the numbers. All right, so I'm putting up $766. 
and the most I can make off of that is 260. The nice thing about that is, if the stock goes up, I make my 30%. If my stock stays exactly where it is right now, I still make my 30%. The stock can even drop down to 47.37. That's my break even. So anything over 47.37 is going to be a profit. So, goes up, make money, stays the same, makes money, can even come down a little bit, and I'm still going to make money. I love those trades. Those are my favorites. And if that does come in, that would bring me up to 1.5% for the week. And all, all uh, Bank of America has to do is just stay where she is. Well, here's hoping. Um... I think that's the last trade I'm going to do. I'm just going to save the rest in case something really good comes up. All right. And I got 2,500 left to go. All right, so that was Bank of America. D, which I believe is DuPont. Is it? Dominion. Okay, so I was wrong. D used DuPont, isn't it? All right, so anyway. Here we are with DuPont, with uh, Dominion. Started out the year at 71.54, um, beginning of March. Found its bottom at 68.78. Now, the nice thing about Dominion, it goes from the bottom of March 3rd to a high of 81 within a, a month and a half. So, by the end of, sorry, by mid April, you're up in the 80s. So, do you sell? Or do you hold on to it? If you held on to it, she basically went sideways, dipped down a little bit more before coming back <clears throat> two weeks ago in the new high. The new high being 81.67. So on a 30-day chart, we get a high of 81.67. She's coming down from that. She's got a little bit of profit taken, and then she gaps down. Now the gap at 79.73 hasn't filled yet. We got four days since then and it's not really sure which direction it is it's no clear cut movement so let's take a look at seasonality see if we have an idea where she might be going sideways all over the place that's a big chart but for the next couple of days she should be going up all right so i like that idea um I like the idea, however, I'm not very fond of uh, the erratic movement. All right, D into the big chart. <clears throat> Positive volume index. I have to do a little bit more research on that because I'm a little bit leery on that one. Volume seems to be the same, no big spikes or anything like that. All right, so she's at 78, 79 at the moment. Let's see what she can do. All right, so so that is D. Let's put it into the trade grid and see what we got to work with. All right, so the bid is 78.79, and the ask is 78.81. It's a pretty close bid, bid and ask. So that means there's a lot of volume. So when they're that tight, Lots of volume. All right, so if we were going to buy it at the money, at 78.81. The 80 is not really worth it. 
It's only 15 cents, and it has to go up in order for you to make it. And the ask is uh, the for the at the money it's 77.50, and that's going for a buck fifty. So if we add a buck fifty to the 77 and a half, you come to 79, which is a dollar 33, which is over and above the uh, uh, what do you call it? One percent. So let's see if I can get a hundred shares of these. I don't think so. So let's let's find out. So we're gonna try buying a hundred shares of D at seventy-eight seventy-five to open, and I'm off by fourteen hundred bucks. So yeah, I didn't think I could do it anyway. All the same, no big deal. Uh, for those of you who want to do it. All right. So GPC is next, and they're paying eighty-one cents dividend. GPC, GPC. And GPC's Golden Path Acquisition. Wow. All right, so Golden Path Acquisition started out the year at the low of the year at 9810. <clears throat> Jumps up to a trading range of 125 and just goes sideways all the way up until the end of the year. She finally breaks out of that. And in beginning of January, she hits a new high at 142.97. Not bad. Okay, so we're coming off of the 30-day chart now. We're looking at a high of 138.71 and a low of 125.98, and that was yesterday. She's bouncing off of that. She's pretty good. She gapped up. So is that going to be the bottom? I don't know. It's a steady downflow. Um, this could be the reversal. You just don't know. But let's take a look at seasonality and see where it normally goes this time of year. Normally, this time of year, she's going to spike up a little bit more. That's just for this week. And then after that, she's slowly going to slide. So I'm going to pass on this one because I don't want to get stuck. GPC is genuine parts. That's a dividend king. They've been increasing their dividend payments to their shareholders for over 65 years. Could be over 67. I'm not 100% sure. But the last time I looked, it was 65 years. Genuine parts corporation. Not glamorous at all. But it's a dividend king. You know, 50 years of a continuous increase in dividend payments to the shareholders. How can you go wrong? But anyway, worst case scenario is you kept get you collect dividends. GPC's offering 81 cents, 81 and a half cent dividend. That's not bad. All right, so KMB is next on our list. And I really don't know who KMB is, but we're going to find out right now. KMB. Kimberly Clark. And they started out the year last year at 129.82. Now, I'm going to say 129 or 128 seems to be their um, support. Because I'm looking at the chart here. I'm looking at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Almost seven times it hits this. Now, she had a nice rise up in the middle of April to 143. And then she's like channeled. Then she dropped down to the uh, a couple days later. She drops down to one twenty-eight. Then she jumps back up to the one thirty-eight. Then back to the one twenty-eight. Then back to the one thirty, one forty, and then back to one twenty-nine. And then it's just it's like a channeling stock. But it did have a high of the year in January, and that was one forty-five seventy-nine. 
Okay, she gaps down, and uh, and towards the end of January, and gets filled, and she drops even more. And it looks like, remember I told you that 128 seems to be the um, the number that they're looking at, and she hit 129.85 yesterday, and she's bouncing off of that today. So could that be the low of the year? I don't know. Could that be the turning point, the support that you're looking for? That I don't know either. So let's take a look at the seasonality. Sorry. Let's take a look at um, yeah, the seasonality. See where this thing's going to go. Oh, it's very choppy. I don't like choppy. I like consistent, even movements. Yeah, we got a couple more days, probably to the end of the week. And then she's going to slowly decline. So we get this play, and that's it from what it looks like. Alright, so next on the list is... Oh, before I do that, let's quickly put it into the trade grid and see what it looks like. KMB. Alright, so KMB is into the uh, trade grid. It looks a little bit like this. 132.08 bid. 13214 ask so if we were going to do an at the money call we'd get mm, about 95% return for a covered call because you have 3209 and the 32 is going for 105 by 130 so you can look at getting just a tad bit under 1% on Kimberly Clark and where is it going to go directly we really don't know because she could be bouncing off that 128 continuing to go higher don't know but we will find out in the days to come it's funny how that works that way and Kimberly Clark is offering a dollar fourteen per share that's not bad okay next on the list is LIN 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 started out the year at that 252 and we're gonna stop right there because we have so many to look at and so many to go through this week my opinion would be why would I look at something that is out of my price range because I don't do stocks over $250 only because they, they fluctuate so greatly you know I like to stay between you know $30 and 150 that's my ideal spot because of the consistency of obtaining the 1% and that's part of, that's one of my you know parameters of my goals is you know I want consistency, safety, and predictability. I think there's one more that goes there. But anyway, besides the point. So I'm going to pass on that one. Next on the list is Pepsi. P E P. One sixty-six. Okay, now Pepsi has a beautiful-looking chart. Let me read it to you. Uh, one thirty-three fifty-four. They started out with. The low of the year is one twenty-eight. And that was the beginning of March. From there, nice escalation to the high of the year. It looks like it's a double high, or pretty close to a double high. 177.24. And it hit it the end of January. It came close to hitting it again at the beginning of February. It hit 176.66. But from there, it's like five, six, seven down days with one up day. So seven down, one up. And it I'm not quite sure. I'm looking at the chart, 
the chart definitely does not look like it's found the bottom or any, any support at this moment in time. So seasonality, what does that look like? Seasonality is pretty clear on the downside. So we're just going to bypass this one only because she looks like she's going down. And that's not something we want to get into. Okay, SCL paying 30 cents a share. SCL. That is Steppen. Okay, so Steppen started out the year at 122.86. Didn't take long for them to find the high at 137.90. Now from there, she drops down to a trading range between 115 and 120 and just travels on that right up until um, the end of January. From the end of January, she just keeps on sinking until she finds... Now this is clearly what support looks like. One hits a low of 104.05 and bounces off that and continues to go. She's at 110.71 at the moment. And let's take a look seasonally, see which way she might be going if she is intending on moving up. This is more or less a sideways type stock. So she's going sideways at the moment. No clear... Well, you really can't tell clarity with the seasonal because it's, you know, like one chart on top of another on top of another, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Uh, the trade grid for SCL. Let's put it in there for a quick second. SCL, there we go. Uh, we're looking at 110.59 by 110.88. Now, that's... um. 28 cent spread 28 29 cent spread okay so the 110 is going to give you your uh one percent if you feel strongly for it however i'm not 100 percent sure i'm liking the bid and the ask on the 110 okay so if you bought it at the money the at the money at this moment is time is 110.88 okay so as soon as you buy that you automatically sell the 110 uh, call and it's going for uh, 104, sorry, one dollar and forty something cents. So it's more than one percent. However, here's the catch: the catch is it is a monthly optionable stock. So if you don't get out of stock by this Friday, you're into it for another whole month, and you can only write on it once. And when you write on it on monthlies. They don't give you the 1% per week. They give you more like a half a percent per week. So if you're okay with, you know, 2% a month return as opposed to 4 to 5% a month return, it's totally up to you. It's a lot less work, a lot less effort, and it depends on how, how you value your time. Me, I don't like it, and it takes more time to do the weeklies, but I do rely on the 1% return. Okay, so... TR, which is dun, 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 Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll just became a uh, a dividend king not too long ago. Tootsie Roll started out the year at the low of the year, which seems to be pretty close to some support at 29.56. Jumps up to a trading range between 31 and 34 and travels sideways all the way until the 
beginning of December where she busts out of that trading range and makes a new high of 39.20. And that seems to be resistance. She got 39.20 on the 14th, the 15th, 16th, and 17th. Just couldn't quite make it. And then <coughs> on the 17th of December, she tanks. She opened up at 38.71 and hit a low at 35.67. It doesn't sound like much, but by looking at the chart, it was a big movement. And the volume was almost 10 times normal volume. So that indicates computerized selling. So computerized selling, and you can get that huge volume there. Okay, so after that drop, it made a little bit of recovery, but kept on going down until she finally finds some support at the uh, beginning of February at 3208. Now she's sitting at 3356 at this moment in time. Where do we think she's going to be going? All right. All right, she's going to have a nice little spike in the next couple of weeks. That is a clear indication. Just by looking at the seasonality chart, that's a clear indication of a, of a buy signal. Um, so let's go back to standard. Go to trade and put Tootsie Roll into the trade grid. And Tootsie Roll is a monthly optional stock. So if you are going to do Tootsie Roll, oh, I wouldn't do it. Because at the money right now, she's three. 33.55. The closest one is the 35, and it's not offering anything. The next one down is the 30. So you add the premium that you could collect to the strike price, the 30 strike price, and you're coming up with 33 even, because that's what it is. It's a it's a three dollar bid and a four dollar ask. So if you're going to buy, it's going to cost you four bucks. If you want to sell, it's going to cost you. So you're going to get three. So that's just no good whatsoever because you're paying. 3355. And that's not what we're here for. So even though Tootsie Roll is a dividend king, the numbers just don't work for us. Last one on the list today is T R I. T R I is Tom Thompson Reuters. Okay, so Thompson Reuters started out at the low of the year last year at 8016. Beautiful escalation right up to the high of the year after a bout of uh, profit taking. A high is 123.60. It looks like a little bit of resistance because it doesn't seem to be breaking out of that. And then she drops down for the last 30 days to a low of 99.27. And she's sitting at 102.26 at this moment in time. Let's take a look at seasonality, see where it normally goes. Um. Ooh, this is one of those beautiful... I wish you guys could see this. This is a beautiful chart. I'll give you a quick little scenario. Um, on this chart, it's showing me at 57.53 in January 1st. And at December 31st, at the end of the year, 72.79. That's a nice escalation. And it's almost, almost a clear wedge, you know? But you still have the anomaly from March. That anomaly in March is going to affect everything for quite a while. So where's she going to go in the next couple of days? Sideways. Now, that's not a guarantee. It's just what the chart says. The chart says she's going to go sideways. 
Alright, so we're going to get out of there. There we go. Alright, so she's bouncing off of this new low. Uh, 99.27. And she had another new low just yesterday. Yesterday she had a low at 102.22. She's sitting at 102.30 at the moment. And the trade grid we got... 102.26 by 102.29. All right, so if we're going to do a covered call at the 102.31, you'd have to get, in my humble opinion, at least $3 minimum. And the bid is 205 and the ask is 410 So that does not seem to be favorable. And... It's a monthly optionable stock. So that always makes me a little uncomfortable. But considering it's a monthly optionable stock and the $5 increments, if you did buy it at $102.30 and sold the at-the-money call, which would be $100, you probably collect somewhere around $3 and change. $3 and change you'd get right away, but then you'd end up selling your stock for $100 after you paid $102. Now... You're selling it for less than you paid for it. However, the premium you're collecting is higher. So as long as the stock stays above 100, you're going to get your 1%, even though you're selling the stock for less than you paid for it. Because the premium you're collecting is offsetting the loss. All right. So that being said, that is it for today. Tomorrow we'll look at a few more. Um, other than that, this is James from Dividend Stock Talk. Now remember, if everything stays the same, if everything just goes to status quo, you know, Bank America, you know, sticks to where it's at and Kimberly Clark or stays where it's supposed to be, then we should do our 1.5 this week. And I still have more money to play with. So I'll be looking for something else during the week. You guys have a great day and I'll catch you tomorrow. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day. Well, that wraps up another session. I want to thank you for joining us. If you want to follow along with some of these live session trades, let us know. If you have any questions, we can get back to you. And have a great day.